Right, Jordan, or Horden Jill. Yeah. That's like your new famous name. I know. People actually think my name's Horden. Because of your Twitter and stuff yeah. and your Instagram. Well, people, that's your yeah. fault. Literally, people DM me saying, hey, Horden. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> right, so you have a kind of prepped you on how we start it. Yeah. Um, two truths, one line. I'm hoping yours are good because like Christina, you've had a lot of experience in all types of weird scenarios. Right, you're bigging it up, but I've, I've kind of just tried to make it hard. <laughs> right, well, hard's good. Because yeah. Christina's was... Did you hear Christina's? They were like mad shit. So she, yeah. there was like a Russian oligarch's son translator shit. Yeah, it's not going to be that like fun, basically. It's right, hit pretty, me with them anyway. It's going to be pretty shit. So, uh, first one is... So my step-granddad. Yeah. Used, are you into footy? Yeah. Okay, right, so... My step-granddad used to manage Scunthorpe United. Right. My second one is... I don't actually have a little toe on my left foot. And the third one is my step-granddad used to manage Norwich, manage Norwich City. Is it the same step-granddad? Same guy, yeah. Now, there was a scunny manager with last name Hill. Right, yeah, his, his second name is Hill. It's not Hill? No. Ah, right. So there was my grandma and my granddad, they were together. They split up and then my grandma married. Right. Person. Because I was thinking, like, as soon as you said Manchester United, I was like, there was, I can't remember his name. There was yeah. something at Hill, not even that long ago either. So yeah, I thought, yeah, right, I've got this, you there. This has been fucking ages ago. Like. But then there's two truths and one lie. Yeah. Not two lies, one so truth. This is why I made it complicated. <laughs> yeah, because there's two that are very like each other. Yeah. I think you not having a little toe on your left foot would be known. Like really? Known knowledge, yeah. Maybe I cover it up. True, but we're like in similar friend groups. So I feel like I'd know if you didn't have a little toe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fact that you'd know about <laughs> okay. someone. Yeah. But then you making it hard means that... Maybe I could just be really self-conscious. You could. I yeah. mean, you wouldn't sit on a podcast. Well, this, could be, this could be the first... <laughs> this is the announcement that Jordan yeah. doesn't have a little turn. This is my public announcement, yeah. I think it'd be one of the footy ones just because you've thrown two footy ones in there. Okay. Which is your reason for making it hard. Yeah. I feel like your little toe would be easy. Right, okay. So I'm going to go with... The Scunny United one. I think he managed Norwich. Okay. But I don't think he managed Scunny. Okay. And I think... You're looking at answering. As a, and as an announcement, you don't have a little time. <laughs> so, do you want to know the lie? Tell me, is the Norwich one true? Yes. Got that one right. Yeah. And he didn't manage to come for it. No, he did. He did? Yeah. Oh, so you, you have got a little toe. No, I've got a little toe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely that. Yeah, so, um, so my granddad, well, my step-granddad, uh, he's a footy manager. But this was like back in the day. When What's he, he called? Uh, Ron Ashman. Right. So he, this was like back in the day when you had like medicine footballs. Like right, used to yeah. head him and be horrendous. Um, but I don't know which way around it was, which which club he did first. But uh, when he was at Scunny, he signed uh, Kevin Keegan, I think. Yeah. Uh, so he signed uh, Kevin Keegan to Scunny and then that like started his football career was from there. And then he went on to Norwich. And he managed Norwich, yeah. But this was like when Norwich was... Like, Low in, league. In the bin, yeah. Right. But now it's like actually quite a good team, so... It's, it's something you, to say, isn't it? Yeah, when I you manage it. Norwich. Oh. <laughs> yeah, as you say, I used to manage Gunny as well. <laughs> Give a fuck. Yeah. Okay, now, fair play. Yeah. you got a bit of history in the family then. Yeah, a little bit of history. A little claim to fame. Yeah. But I knew that would throw you off because you won't think you'd manage both. Oh, I got it right, didn't I? Oh, no. No, I didn't yeah, get it right. Yeah. I thought I got it right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we'll go straight into the beginning. I know you've done a podcast on the Midnight Podcast. You kind of spoke quite yeah. a lot about your family on there, but I just want to kind of run over that because... The unique thing really about talking to you compared to the other two I've spoken to about, Christina and Brandon. Christina and Brandon didn't really have any business influences around them at all. Yeah. You've had a lot. 
so they like started I've been dragged up exactly yeah <laughs> their whole family and friends nothing was business mm. you your dad is entrepreneurial your mum is entrepreneurial now both your brothers are entrepreneurial and now you're entrepreneurial mm. so that's quite like a unique thing for me to learn because a lot of people in this area don't grow up around entrepreneurial backgrounds yeah. so just talk to me a little bit about kind of how your mum and dad brought you up because we'll go into your first businesses in a second yeah which was very young which is very strange because yeah. surely it's something to do with your upbringing yeah, as yeah. to why that kind of happened. Yeah, 100%. So I remember there's probably something that my mom said to me and it, I remember this like really vividly. So I asked her, because I was like thinking what, you know, in school they're saying like, what do you want to do when you grow up and stuff like that. It's probably like primary school age. She's gone to me, well, I've said to her, well, what happens if I want to like run the country and be the prime minister? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the king. And she's gone. High aspirations. Yeah. <laughs> so she's gone, well, you can't be the king. You have to literally be born into it. But if you work hard, you can become the prime minister. Rather than go to uni and go into politics. And I was like, fucking hell. So you can actually, like, if I just do the right things and work hard, then you'll probably be able to get somewhere. So that, like, dawned on me. That was, like, really young. And I remember that to this day. And that's something that I've always thought about. But then, particularly with, like, family growing up, like, my dad had a, his own business. And, like, I saw it this is when I was in school age, I saw him leaving and starting his company and seeing the success of that and seeing how that essentially got brought about. And probably I'm doing him a disservice by saying how simple his business was. Yeah. But from an outsider looking in, obviously it's fucking a lot more complicated and it took a lot of years of experience. But you saw that it was easy to do in your head. Yeah. In, yeah. in, in putting it short, basically he used to buy products or get some packaging done in buy some like random freelancer uh, and it would be some fishing bait and he'd basically go to Hungary or Poland or somewhere else in, in Europe say can you just mock this up this fishing bait and be like okay then go to the supermarkets and be like anybody want to sell some fishing bait and oh, it was a one man band the whole entire time and never was, had staff never had literally never had staff he had one woman who'd come into the house bearing in mind this is in the house as well yeah so it's like running it from the house next to my bedroom he had one person used to come in like every two weeks and do his books right? <laughs> it was just him so seeing that I was thinking fuck me that's it like as a kid obviously not understanding the full scale of things I was like that's like pretty easy um and that's actually essentially how businesses are run so I've seen it happen and then obviously my brother um he set up Hairburst and he's obviously been like really successful with that and um that, what age was you when he set up Hairburst this would have been eight years ago so I'd have been like 14 probably I've got that master. So that's like kind of the time where you started to get into business. So. Yeah, yeah. So I think he'd been doing it a couple of years by the time I got my first apprenticeship. So, uh, and I was starting to grasp the world. I was starting to grasp marketing because I was working in the marketing job and I was seeing how he was doing his things. So I've always just been surrounded by it really. And I think like my first businesses that I was doing like uh, when I was younger, I just used to think, how the fuck can I make money? And I used to go online and Google things like how can I make money as a like seven-year-old and it'll be like well you can't get a job so you have got to have someone who you know can like wash pots or you can go around like washing cars so i was like right okay get a bucket <laughs> used to walk down the road like can i wash your car for a fiver they're like yeah <laughs> so just like looking at any way i could possibly make money um and i used to make these posters as well i used to like never acted on it because obviously i was literally too young but i used to go to football training and i'd go home and i think oh i could do i could run a football training thing so I was looking on Amazon, or, well, probably Amazon wasn't a thing then. Is this, like, is this the camp thing that you wanted to try to set up? Yeah, so this, I was just thinking, like, I could, I could probably run a football camp. So 
I used to make these posters and it was like Jordan Hills football camp go on clip art um, and just like doing all the fun shit not actually doing anything with it but I was thinking like oh I could get like you know 10 people to this and can't pay a fiver that's 50 <laughs> quid like sick <laughs> so that's what your kind of intention was is just like how the fuck can I make money yeah basically because you've seen your dad do it just from home yeah. living the life basically yeah yeah um, your mum was she a yoga instructor at that point yeah mum's a yoga instructor so um, she kind of was still at home but then freelancing out and about yeah yeah so you kind of yeah you've seen ev- all your whole family yeah create a life that most people would like to live yeah and then I even started like I was just like thirsty to do random shit so like I remember uh, when Facebook ads came out I was saying to my mum like can I run Facebook ads for yoga classes so I was like yeah so created a picture on like Illustrator, uh, ran a couple of Facebook ads, like getting people to a classes. And I was about 12, <laughs> bearing in mind. And I remember actually coming literally down. Literally no 12 year old asks that question. <laughs> <laughs> literally like, I remember going down and like to a class and there's probably about, it's the busiest class we've had in ages and probably about 15 people there. None of them, not many of them came back to so they didn't want to do it. And you know, she didn't want a too busy class and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is sick. And I was collecting the money. She used to have this little red till. And I was like, right, five of, when they're coming in all these like brand new people so you've seen potentials from such a young age yeah just doing like random shit <laughs> did you feel at that point there was with your mum and dad and then your brother in business as well was there pressure on you to follow or was you going to go education route if um, that didn't work yeah so when I was working in a job uh, so I've got two brothers so Joe and James so obviously James was smashing it dad was smashing it mum um, was doing well and Joe was starting his own side hustle like whilst working in a job and I did think like the whole entire time like I I always used to have this like thing in my head it was like I'm whilst I'm living at home I've got no bills I had a car like on a lease I've got no bills like ideally I want to be making the most of this time now whilst I'm young because I could fail now and it doesn't mean anything Brandon said the exact same thing yeah and like but but it gave me and I thought about this because when the people I used to work for set up their business, they both like just had kids. They both took all the savings that they had and set up the business. And that's what I was working in, this agency. And I, I was thinking, and he t- they told me the story. And I'm like, only 15, thinking, fuck me, you made like a massive risk there. So that reminded mind, me, like, I don't want to be 30, thinking, you know, got a house, car, like all these things, maybe even kids. And I can't make a business because it's too much risk so I was like well now I can fail and obviously my dad's always like been encouraging and stuff so he'd have been probably been saying stuff like um you know if you just want to start a business like I give you a little bit of money to do it like all this kind of stuff so I've always around that so yeah that's sick that you've had like the influence because especially in this town like a lot of people haven't got that influence so I don't know I think it was Charlie Sloth on Diary of a Seer. I don't like Charlie Sloth, yeah. but I listen to his Diary of a Seer because I listen to most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, like, the place he came from, it's so hard to think that stuff is possible. Yeah. Like, in this town, it's like, we well, just get a job and that's what you do. Nothing else is really possible. Whereas our generation, and maybe, like, Jimmy's generation, our generation, but I think the generation below is kind of not doing it as well, is that we're just throwing money at risks everywhere. Yeah. Because we're so young and we can just do what the fuck we want. Mm. If it fails, it don't matter. Well, I was almost like too, like, uh, confident in a way. That's not a bad thing at that age, yeah. though. Like I was just an idiot, but I think you, you can you can get like that, like too confident, and that's what led me down starting my first business, which 
it was hard. <laughs> you see me realise when you got to get pay bills and you got money coming, you got to pay fucking invoices. It's not like shit. It's actually quite hard. Um, and it's weird. Yeah. Your dad's business wasn't as easy as you thought yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you know, I probably was a little bit too confident and you know wanting to to do too much too young. But you know, the the good thing of obviously that I didn't have any like financial pressure as such because I'm not paying mortgages or anything like that. Do you think that? Say, fast forward to where you are now, would you be where you are now if your family wasn't entrepreneurial? Obviously, it's hard to say, but do you think you'd have gone more educational because you wouldn't have had your dad saying, yeah, take the risks, it's fine? So, yeah, this is always something to think about. But I think you, you never know, you can never actually say. I'd like to say so just because the way I'm built, but I think that your upbringing does have such a big impact on that. Like, I didn't make the decisions and choices that I did if it wasn't for my family and, and their input. So, you know, it could I could be completely wrong. I like to say so, but that's probably just an ego thing. Do you know what I mean? Probably not. <laughs> that's weird, because like I said to Brandon as well that we don't think that we're kind of lucky. Yeah. But there's certain aspects where things have just fallen perfect for us. 100%. So me and Brandon with Amazon, like, we started Amazon at the perfect time. Yeah. You having your entrepreneurial family, if that might not have been the case, you might not have been where you are. Jimmy might not be where he is. Yeah. And it's like this butterfly effect of where you guys might have been yeah. had that not fallen right for you. Yeah. Obviously, you've got to gain your own luck and you've got to do something with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it could, things could be so different. Yeah. I think, obviously, they've had the influence, but in terms of, like, health and things like that, obviously, everyone's always quite busy. The main influence in terms of health is probably Jim. But, you know, he doesn't run an agency, so he doesn't, like... Yeah, that's the thing. You haven't gone the same route as them. Yeah. So even though the opportunities are rising you've had to take it yourself because it's completely yeah. different to what they do. Yeah, I've had to learn loads of shit. <laughs> um, which probably comes on to things that I'm probably going to cover later on, but like having influences within your business, like who are in the same industry and, and have done things that you already have done, like mentors as such, have been a huge part. But we'll come on to that, obviously, about the business now. So if we go into kind of where your business mind started, obviously you said you had this football camp and you saw an opportunity for people to pay a fiver to you, you get 50 quid, happy days. Facebook ads, you start to earn money off your mum's kind of stuff. In a way, that's kind of you being an agency. Yeah. <laughs> like you're saying to your mum, can I do your ads for you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. If we go a bit further on, um, you went into marketing job. Yeah. And it was a small company, wasn't it? Yeah. Like it wasn't like there's loads and loads of staff and you're just one of many. Yeah. What did you kind of learn doing that that took you into your job now, which we're going to go into in a minute? So... To get the job originally, I learned video editing and creative stuff, which now I learn I'm not like the best in the world at that kind of stuff with people miles better than me. But uh, yeah, I started learning like video editing and things like that. That got me in there. But my two bosses at the time, one was creative led and the other one was digital marketing led. So they were both like tearing at me to try and take me down one route essentially. Yeah, yeah. One ended up taking me down digital marketing. Um, so there it was dealing with clients. It was running email marketing. So at one point I was running basically this entire email marketing funnel for this brand, like coming up with the ideas, setting up all the shit on the website, uh, designing the emails, sending them out, writing all the copy for them all, and just sending them to my boss to check them out. So that was something that gave me huge confidence because I'm thinking I'm running this entire retainer for this brand. I'm only 18 years old and seeing the numbers and figures and everything like that was amazing. And there's a particular one client who was a startup brand and they came to us um, and we ended up, you know, building the website, launching the marketing and it was actually a really good success. So from seeing that, I was learning 
what channels are performing the best, what money is being spent where, because uh, even on like down to the Google AdWords, I was the person like literally doing it. Um, so yeah, seeing where money was being made, and that's why working in an agency is class. And a lot of the time, there's people that work in agencies that go on to make really good businesses. Um, so yeah, I think, and really like I was really really wet behind the ears, and working there from such a young age, and the people around me brought me out as a person. And yeah, yeah. like now I'm this like approachable person that uh, you know is good on sales calls. And yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Whereas before I was just this, like. Shy, shy guy behind the computer. Yeah, like he should literally just be a computer gaming nerd, like <laughs> playing on PC games and things Which like that. Which is weird because you're now like, you have to be so salesy. Yeah. You're literally <laughs> selling your brand to big brands. Yeah, yeah, literally. So you've had a complete personality <laughs> yeah. switch. Did you ever think about education? Was that ever a route you was ever going to take? Nah. <laughs> like, fuck, fuck uni. <laughs> yeah, literally, like in, in school I'm thinking like... Not even going like business, degree in business. Nah. No. I, I tried to get into in college, tried to get into business and asked the tutor, I was like, Do you have a business? She was like, Nah. <laughs> I was like, Well why the fuck am I listening to you? I went I did business at college. I got yeah. an e, I got an E. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I tried I tried to get into GCSE business as well and because my grades in um in secondary school weren't good enough, they won't even let me into that. So I basically had to do B tech business. I've gone in and it was talking about layers of management. I'm like, this is horrendous. Um, this is why school's so backwards. <laughs> yeah. Like they have subjects on practical stuff. Yeah. Why don't they just spend the time learning practical things? Yeah. Like more work experience based rather than sit there and learning about layers of management. Like yeah. The tutor hasn't done any management. Yeah. How the fuck do they know layers of management? Exactly. I originally went to like uh, the tech college. On the first day, I was like, this is fucking well boring. None of my mates are here. And then walked around to John Leggett and I was like, can I come in here? <laughs> was there for like can somebody month. have me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there for like a month and I'm thinking, I just want to earn some money. Yeah. So at the time, like my first, my apprenticeship wage was probably about 400 quid, but I was fucking like, Joey, you know I mean? 15 years old, that's bare money. Um, so yeah, I like just wanted to earn some money. So just went across and started doing that. So that gave you all the skills, really. Like you've said, a lot of people that, go into making their own agencies will learn it through working in an agency. Mm. I kind of, the benefit for you is that these two people who are creative and marketing led, they've yeah. given you all the skills rather than yeah. you just being creative and you can just make a website. Yeah. You've now got both. So yeah. you're kind of like a powerhouse mm. to then take them down. 100%. Well, the, the problem is now like that was my com like commercial, like corporate background. Like I've only ever had that job that was like an actual real job, but one thing that we've I've had to learn like in this past year is now the business that I run is actually bigger than the business I used to work for, like that agency. So particularly around systemizing, like I'm really good at getting clients, you know, lead generation and things like that. But then you realize that being a business person is actually systemizing, making sure the back end is all right, like hiring the right people. And they were the areas that I've really had to come up to scratch with because that's what, not what I experienced. And you know, it's, it's okay having three, four members of staff and every day you just do things on the fly. But, you know, as you start growing and scaling, it's no, you actually need to have systems. But I didn't even know what an SOP was until like, you know, <laughs> about 15 months ago. Like, because we grew past the size of the company I worked at. So I knew everything to get to that point. After that, it was foreign ground. Yeah, literally. Like, and then I'm speaking to my other mates who have agencies and I've got to know some really good people in sort of the past year 
But then they're saying to me, you need SOPs and documents. I'm like, well, fuck's an SOP? And then I'm like, right, okay. <laughs> it's actually a, <laughs> you know, a process of doing things and everybody has to follow them and all this kind of stuff. So it was really good and easy to get to a certain position. But then to scale past that, I've now had to go back to the drawing board and learn and realise what makes a successful business and what makes a successful business person. Because, you know, getting clients is, you know, some people may find that really hard. Some people are systems orientated and focused around finances and things like that whereas I'm the complete opposite you know I find it easy to get the clients bring them in create a service and you know deal with staff on a personal level but then when it comes to HR finances all that kind of stuff that's where I've had to really like up my game in order to take things to the next level. So we'll go on to that works then because that's kind of where we're going into um, your agency that works first of all where did that name come from because that's quite I, I thought about it the other day I was like why is it called it that works and I was like actually that works <laughs> yeah I actually don't know <laughs> like I think it was in Thailand on a family holiday and, was it yeah and I just you know was, was in the car somewhere for an hour I was like right okay because I used to be called JH Freelance Market when it was just me I think I remember that yeah fucking horrendous but you know uh, <laughs> so then I was like right I'm going to become an agency because I'm going to hire some people so I was like okay when I come up with an idea, um, it was in the car. My dad was in the back going, magic marketing. <laughs> no, it's horrendous. It's funny when people throw names at you because you think they're all shit. Yeah. But then it tur- I think it, it turns out that once a, like brands or clients know your name, it doesn't matter. You could literally be called Plant. Yeah, yeah, literally. could be anything. You make the brand the brand. Exactly. And Works is nice. Originally, my idea was like, you know, systemizing and, and things like that as part of the Part of the branding, but then works as well. There's like the steel works, so it's like hey, the scunny there. background. Yeah, but all our branding's changed. Like we had it done a year ago, and I'm still not rolled it out because we need to do all the fucking assets. And everything. I remember you saying that you got like something completely new coming. Yeah, the website and stuff. Yeah, but you've done client work, and it's not even been on your publishing page yet. So yeah. people don't even know that you can do some stuff. It's so bad. I don't really say, it, but you know, our website hasn't been updated in about a year. But you know, we make websites it's because you want it right. Yeah, and. We make websites for a living and we've been so busy, so, which is obviously yeah, yeah. a good thing. And, you know, the website's done as well, but it's, you know, it's time to upgrade. So, you know, we've, we've, I've been investing in, like, animations and not like the whiteboard, drawing board animations I'm talking Your about. Your typical one you see on every yeah. website. I'm talking about actual studio animation. Do you need a website built? <laughs> yeah, literally, like, you know, if you think, like, Wix and Squarespace and all these huge, like, big budget TV ads and stuff like that. So we're going down that route of, you know, real big budget, like, content and stuff but yeah like you said I just want to make sure it's perfect before it goes out because um, that's going to be the thing that you know fucking sticks with us for the next five years <laughs> so that's that's your face isn't it because you're yeah. an online agency your face is your website yeah 100% if we go back to JH freelance marketing though yeah how did you what well, how did you get your first client um I think it was just one of my mum's mates so actually, it wasn't that wasn't my first business. So my first first business when I actually left was a mental health trading company. Um, uh, yeah, I remember this from yeah. midnight. So so what it was was I was ringing around um, in the around Scunthorpe uh, for what do you call them? What is it when you go to therapy? <laughs> A therapist. What's the person called? A therapist. A therapist, right, yeah. Oh, ca- counts, <laughs> so, counselor, counselling. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was ringing around like counsellors and people who uh, have knowledge in mental health and I just wanted to run a mental health course for schools um, on like, I think it was mentally healthy, mentally healthy management of classrooms. Why was that? Did you have any personal experiences or? Yeah, so I was like down bad for a few years. So a lot, when a lot of people moved from um, Scunthorpe and went to uni, like all my best mates and stuff like that, uh, and like my best mate moved away. I went through like a really bad period because 
it's now, I'm just sat in this job thinking, is this my fucking life forever? So I was thinking, you know, I had to learn about mental health and I had to learn about how to control your mind and how to control your mental state. And I was thinking, why isn't any of this taught in school? Did you go to a therapist? No. No? No, no. So I, I, did, even, I did try to get help. Like um, the first time I went to the council the, or the doctor surgery, um, there was like, okay, we can't give you help. And then the second time, the I was literally sat in the waiting room. I felt like I had, I had like three conversations going on in my head. Like one person was saying, um, you know, you need help. You know, you're here for the right reasons. The other person was saying, you're a pussy. Yeah, what, what the fuck are you doing? doing? Yeah, it was like, not, I wouldn't say schizophrenia, but it was like, it was, my head was just going mental. Mm. Um, they then referred me to, you know, the, the, the local council, that mental health thing, and they were saying, right, okay, someone's going to ring you in 30 days, and they're then going to tell you uh, whether you'd be able to get help or not. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I've been suffering with this for like, it was probably about two years. Yeah, you finally plucked up the fucking courage. Yeah, like literally, it, it all came to a head, and that's why it was so stressful in that doctor's surgery, because there's there all this going on. And, yeah, I, I finally plucked up the courage, but, you know, I've been fine ever since, because I've, I've done a lot of learning, and, you know, I'm, I'm a much better person now. Um, but, yeah, like, it's because everybody moved away. I was sat in this job. This is my life. Nothing's changing. Everyone's going having fun and partying. I'm working nine to five. And I'd already been working there for like three and a half years. So I was fucking really bored, basically. Um, so yeah, like I, it just led me down this path of wanting to make something. So I started the company um, as mental health training for schools. It was a landing page. Uh, it had the course on it and it had a lie about there's only a limited tickets. It was like an online standard lie. Standard lie. Um, still, happen, <laughs> still happens now with whatever size event it is. <laughs> yeah, 100%, like early bird. Um, <laughs> but all it was was essentially a recording of a voice talking over a slideshow presentation with a head on it. And, you know, I bought a camera and we set up somebody recording this presentation and pretended it was a live stream. Um, we sold tickets to it. The first one did really well. Um, my boss found out and I got sacked and then they tried to essentially like take me to court and I could talk about this what? now cause, yeah because not under embargo but um, cause it's been so so long ago why? Yeah, because there was like yeah there, there's just a lot of issues and, and things like that and I was still working for him and all this kind of stuff so they decided to you know try and take me to court so I was still in court to my mum and dad I was still uh, in a job so when I got sacked and I started the company they knew I was starting it um, I got sacked, went home uh, at like five o'clock, literally sat in probably that Tesco car park, like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Went home at a normal time and we, <laughs> and then every day, probably for about three weeks, I was waking up in the morning, um, going to a car park or going to my mate's house, dress, dressing in a, in like my you work clothes. smart attire, yeah, leaving at the same time. Um, and then after three weeks, I was like, okay, right, I need to tell mum and dad and uh, my brother was helping me out with the legal bits and the legal papers and stuff. He wasn't that deep. Like, he was just saying, you don't even need to reply to him. But, you know, I, I wanted to do it. Hmm. But I just didn't want to tell my mum and dad I got sacked. <laughs> so, like the, the disappointment. Yeah. I, I've been sacked before, so I know exactly how you feel. I went straight, <laughs> I went straight to my sister's house yeah. and I sat there until my mum went to sleep. Yeah, literally. So I was, I was like, uh, right, okay. Um, then one day, I think my probably my first course probably did like three, four grand. So I wasn't in a, in a bad financial situation. Shit. Yeah, it did okay. The like. thing is, it's actually a <laughs> sick idea. And yeah. maybe it was a little bit before its time. Yeah, 100%. Because now mental health's like 
everything. Yeah. Whereas back then, like you clearly from your experience that you've had, yeah, saying, "Oh, sorry, we'll give you thirty days." I know you might go fucking nuts by then. Yeah. Well, it's like you better to prevent it in school. Yeah. Than teach people stuff. So go further upstream. Yeah. So that was literally four and a half years ago. So like, I'm nineteen years old at the time as well. And uh, yeah, like, obviously, um, one day just woke up at like ten a.m. and my dad. I've just gone to go see my dad, and I'm like, well. Basically, I don't have a job anymore, but my business is doing well, and you know I'm just self-employed. And he's like, "What? what, what what's going on?" Like, <laughs> just explained every, everything to him essentially. But yeah, and then my next thing was realizing that okay, I've got this four grand. I paid the therapist. I paid for my, me and my marketing bills. I paid for my hosting, all these bits and bobs. I paid for my lease on my car, and you know that money doesn't go on forever. So I was like, okay, right, I need to release my next course. So. Check the calendar, school's closed in like two weeks. <laughs> so, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, okay, right, so schools are closed. No one's going to buy any courses because it's six weeks on a holiday. I really didn't think about this one. Um, so <laughs> then I was like, right, I've got two weeks to get this fucking course out. <laughs> so as soon as that dawned on me, I was like, right, let's fucking go. Let's, let's get it going again. Uh, run it up. So got a second course made in a week. Um, started marking it before it was ready for like the last two days of the school term were going to be the, the days that I run this course up. Um, selling it before it's even made. Don't know what the quality is going to be like. Didn't have a fucking. It's like fire festival shit. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like we was made, I was editing the slideshow up until probably about two hours before, like, and I had to upload it into GoTo Webinar. Oh no. Um, so that people actually have something to watch when they go on. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, ran it up. I think that cost did uh, three thousand six hundred quid. Um, that got me through the summer holidays. And then, yeah, it was basically just this uh, this role of fucking <laughs> releasing courses for like a year and just trying to run up as much money as I could but you know that that was heavily reliant on email marketing um, and obviously you've only got this list which you know is is uh, as good as it is you're getting unsubscribes all the time and it slowly just started dipping down it wasn't working as well as you know I, I thought it would grow but you know it just it, it didn't go that way so I wanted to then just start earning a bit of money, get some cash in. So my friend, who was a therapist, who obviously I met through the work thing, and my mum introduced me to her. She was like, oh, I want a website. So charged her 200 quid. That was the first website I sold. Next one was another 200 quid, but it was nice because I could knock these websites out in like two days. Is that because you had the experience of doing that with the apprenticeship? Yeah. So you knew how to do it. Was this on Wix as well? Well, my my original website was on WordPress, but I knew Wix was easier to use. But I wouldn't have been able to run my, my school mental health stuff through... Wix, just because it's more complicated. So yeah. I was doing bits on WordPress, but then, yeah, I decided to just start running up these websites, selling them out, and then... Just to people in Scunny? Yeah, just to people in Scunny, yeah. And then it just that just started growing, like natural progression, which I wasn't seeing from my other business. So after a while, I sacked that off, uh, started hiring VAs, and I used to just go around Scunthorpe, knocking on doors, uh, handing flyers out, and, you know, there's it's really cool at one point. Like, I, I remember going to this, this unit area. It was, like, a bunch of units... Um, not far from here actually just around the corner um, near Fox Hills uh, it's near the the gas station the big BOC thing down there somewhere oh god that's <laughs> fucking it just up that road anyway um, yeah so I was uh, going into like units knocking on door dodgy geezer he was like I was like you want a website you can film your video do a deal it was 550 quid and I'll do your photos and videos so I'll just go around the place he'd pay me cash like there and then uh, take photos and because I was young I think people like just like to work plus for people that don't know Scunthorpe no one in Scunthorpe up like three four years ago <laughs> had a 
probably even a website, never mind a decent yeah. website. Never mind a decent one. A decent It'd literally one. be like whatever normal text, what we do, yeah. there's our phone number, ring us. That's it. And then Don't I'm, do anything on the website. I'm setting up fucking Google ads for these businesses. Yeah, exactly. Like tire companies and yeah, they're like making bare money for it and, <laughs> and absolutely smashing it because I was making these sick websites, sick photography, sick videos on them, doing everything myself before I started hiring. And um, I remember this one time where I've gone to this one place, is bought it because I got a recommendation, gone down to the units, took the 550 quid, full of cash payment up front, done a video. He's gone, oh, my mate over there, one, one, my mate over there, one, one. And I've gone in, got my laptop out, showed him all the stuff I've done, and gone, yeah, get me one of them, another 550 quid. Walked away with like 1,100 quid. I'm like, this is In sick. a day? Yeah, cash. And you, like, could probably, you could probably knock up websites pretty quick at that point because you've got the experience. Yeah, like a day at a time. I'd yeah. Doing these apps, You're only so. 550 quid a day. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, and uh, yeah, it's uh, just pretty cool. And then I went through this phase of being called, my brother was laughing, he used to call me King of the Moors. So Moor is like makeup artist. Uh, so I started doing loads of these like um, makeup artist websites. It's at this point, charging like a grand. Um, and then one, all the makeup artists are basically friends with each other. And then there was these like certain ones who were just like really well-known makeup artists and they had really good websites for booking systems and things like that. And again, because people just didn't have websites at the time, then they're telling all the mates and then people are ringing me up. I had this full pitch deck about like how a booking system will change, change your business. Um, and then just went down this like makeup artist niche for like six months. And <laughs> yeah, there's like, I think the best one I ever had was this one woman. Um, and she referred me something like 11 makeup websites at like shit yeah 1100 quid so i was like shit the bed yeah knocking these out in two days because they're a bit more complex but you can see now i was the business started to have legs and compared to you know doing the the mental health stuff so I just, and this is just word of mouth yeah just word of mouth like no market whatsoever that's literally mental it's yeah i fucking loved it like <laughs> oh full, i bet <laughs> full full margin as well like there's no cost to yeah you've got no staff no building it's you and your laptop yeah, and then I started doing like little videos and then getting a proper videographer in, making like 300 quid on top of that. You I, did an Indian, in, I'm not going to name the names, but you did an Indian school, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I'd seen like you doing videography and stuff yeah. like that and you got your mate involved. Yeah, yeah, and then just making a bit of money on top. <laughs> That's class. Do you want me to like drop shipping fucking <laughs> videographers? Um, yeah, so just, just doing that for ages, then COVID hit. Um, I was going to go into that, kind of how COVID affected shit. Yeah, so COVID hit and then... But that, that just really didn't affect me. That was like, it just made it better because obviously all these closed businesses were getting grants and like bounce back loans. So money. Like, yeah, <laughs> want to buy a website and invest this money. So that just did really well for us. And that's when I started hiring my first three people. Um, that's when I started doing lead generation, uh, running ads. And yeah, I used to have like a... What made you choose to do that with the natural growth being so good? What, running ads? Yeah, so what made you step step up? You, you had no overheads, it was just you, you was earning 550 quid a day. Yeah. 1,100 for every one of these makeup artists. Yeah. Life's pretty sweet at that point. Yeah, it was, it, I could do more at a time. So if I get somebody in, they and they focus solely on that, I don't... Because it gets to a point as well where you're doing that many projects where you physically can't do it. You oversold. This is where the point where I realised I needed to remember staff was I've oversold a load of projects and I've not even started some of them. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell. So it's just, you know, that's just classic. Promising deadlines that you definitely can't reach. Yeah, that's just classic running a business at 20 years old yeah, not, not having a clue what you're doing. So that was when I was like, right, okay, I need uh, members of staff. So got my first member of staff, started doing lead gen to fill uh, their bucket essentially. Um, and then just, just uh, spread out from there. And then we was running paid that was mental i had 
a whole sales system set up where we was running ads, getting load, like probably like, it was like something between like 30 and 50 low quality leads a day, you know, like through COVID, it went fucking mental. It's like, Not from Scumfob, just from these ads. This is the whole of the UK, yes. Yeah. Like 30 to 50 low quality leads, but all it was people was setting up businesses um, in the spare time whilst they're on furlough. <laughs> right. <laughs> But the, if you even look at the search volume and, and the trend of Wix, so Wix, uh, I think they did something like 17 million new websites in like a certain quarter or something. Probably got the numbers horrendously wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there, was, there was just this like quarter during COVID where the, ma- the amount of Wix websites went absolutely mental. Um, well, everyone was just thinking, what do I like doing? Cakes. All right, I'll yeah. do a cake business. Literally, it was like wildfire. So I was, I was just top of the search <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're thriving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, obviously, nobody had any fucking budget. So anyway, I had this VA who used to go in and she used to have these like email templates for follow-ups and stuff like that. So the whole goal was to get them onto a call. So the mm. booking system, we had all these low quality leads coming in. She was copying them into our dashboard. She was triggering the, triggering the follow-ups. She was seeing who's booked calls. You had this like full call center thing. Like it was so, so tasty. How did you learn to do that? Because this isn't like your apprenticeship with creative side this isn't it's kind of digital marketing but it's not managing staff and telling them what to do yeah so how did you learn was there influences like jim and your dad no this is just me just like winging it yeah winging and then it. just i didn't have to, i didn't I, honestly i didn't have a clue what i was doing um but it worked and it did did okay but then the economics of it were, were good we was turning over a little bit of profit each month but that's because i wasn't charging enough and the nature of the customers were pretty much like shite it was people who've got furlough money and they're spending 750 quid on a website but then and that's it yeah more of them you know you had some really good people that were like okay sound crack on and some people were like really dragging the project along like and then that's where crack started to show and you know it, it was good it was making money but it was just an absolute hassle like it was just pure stress constantly um just to keep things going so uh yeah the economics of it were bad because one, it could only last for a certain amount of time, which was COVID, and two, it was the wasn't charging it anywhere near enough. And then that's where we we went into Shopify. Um, so we did like a couple of e-commerce websites because all the people that were acquiring were you know different stages of like whether some people just wanted B two B, some people wanted like e-commerce stuff. So we started doing more Shopify stuff. But then we found that, and you know, come bringing on some e-commerce brands that were already selling and they're doing well through covid and now they want to invest in a shopify site so Mm. you know we hired our first developer and we started doing shopify and from that point uh i think it was just one day i was just sat in the flat and i was thinking right e-commerce websites are better because every month somebody is paying me a grand to do these updates and you know make it make it better and i've got this bloke who pays me 750 quid and i don't speak to him for a yeah, that bloke year. might have a, like a bike shop and yeah. this bike shop hasn't changed in 25 years. So once you've got the bikes on there, the bikes yeah. are on there. Jordan doesn't have to do anything. 100%. E-commerce, yeah. they have sales. They've got January sale. They've got Black Friday. Yeah. You've got a job to do then. Yeah. So did you not do any of the... Obviously, you had history in WordPress and Wix. Shopify setup is completely different. I yeah. started realizing that when I tried doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, did you do any of the building on yeah, Shopify? Yeah, so I, I do know how to use Shopify. And it's like... But then obviously we hired in, because um, to begin with it was just like setting up themes and buying themes and doing those. And then it was realized, right, you got to code a lot of it. <laughs> so that was hiring like freelancers before I hired a full-time developer. Um, and then yeah, I just went down that route. And the, the original person used to do my websites on the Wix side, he was sick. And because of my history in performance marketing in the agency, I knew a lot about e-commerce. So 
I basically taught him e-com and taught him conversion rate optimization and all this side of stuff. So he then transitioned from being like a B2B designer to now being an e-com designer. And he's still with me like three years later. <laughs> How was that for you handing off? Because you're still the face, you've created it. Yeah. You was the one building it. People liked it. You're now handing that off to somebody else. Because I found that the first staff member, obviously you've had people help you with videography, but that's their talent. That's mm. that's not really making you look bad. Um, now you're handing off basically the whole project because the development side yeah. is big. But yeah. now, like when we had our first staff member, I was I I did it way later than I should have because yeah. I was shit in my pants because the quality control is no longer in my hands. Yeah, it's them. So so now I've learned basically, well, well to begin with, like I just hired people who are better than me. So that's was, what all business owners say, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like find somebody that can do it better than you. Yeah, so that's it. So like even down to the design and stuff, the guy that was working with me at the time, like still is, he was better than me. Um, so handing designs over to him was sick. Cause it was like, I just used to send him a URL and say, do that. <laughs> He'd be like, right, so pull it out his ass. Yeah. And I taught him up to, you know, I got him to a certain level. So he just, he could just run off with it and come back and it looks sick and I'd make a few changes and then send it to the client. But um yeah it's just a case of high people better than you but now the main challenge for me is maintaining that quality because the final key is is having uh handing off the complete day-to-day -day operations which is what i'm trying to go through now i still am going to do sales if the company was turning over 50 million i'll still do the sales because i just love it it's like my, my thing um, why, why do you think that is because it's not what you brought up on uh well, I you, think was, you brought up behind a computer so where's the sales personality came from? Obviously, they brought you out of your shell a bit, but yeah. you were still just doing computer stuff. It's just the buzz of it. Like, it's, it's just cool. Not like getting a successful lead. Yeah, getting the lead and then doing the getting on the call and, like, running them through stuff and selling to them. And I always think as well, like, with an agency owner, like, you can... Because you're selling projects a lot of the time, I can make deals that other people can't. Like, if it was a salesperson, you've got to go to, like, oh, I've got to ring the boss to check if I can do this deal. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, like, the wheelie dealer that I've got. <laughs> I'm do, I'm, I can approve you. I can approve you right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because we did have one person who was doing sales for us at one point, and, like, I remember one project where, and this is what scared me from handing off sales, actually. I mean, if they're on commission, their goal is essentially to get you, uh, or their, their goal is to get as much commission for them. That's what they're centred around. So I remember them selling a project for three grand, and I've checked a proposal, and I've gone, fuck me, this should be 10. I'm not going to make any money on this. But he makes it 300 quid, so he was happy with that, right? Right. And I've pulled it back and gone, you fucking queried this completely wrong. But maybe that's my issue for not, like, obviously giving him the parameters and, and things like that. But, yeah, I think sales is, is something I'm not going to hand off. But in terms of, like, day-to-day -day operations, that's what we're going through the process of now is, like, trying to minimise me, take me away from the business so I can focus on new services, fun bits, like marketing the actual business and... Um, yeah, sales essentially and lead generation. Don't you find like this is the most? This is probably the most challenging part of the business because I'm also going through that stage now. Yeah. Um, we kind of create a hierarchy in my business where now I'm sat and now I've got to create the new ideas. Yeah. But it's like going back to the start where mm. you you know basically you're now creating new businesses because every new service you create is a new business. Yeah. It's a new way within your business to get money. Yeah. Do you not find that's like one of the hardest parts now because you was coasting a bit? You have your staff, everything's working fine. Yeah. Now you're sat back, you've now have to think about new things and make sure they work. I think I probably say that's the easiest bit for me. Really? Yeah, that's the easiest bit. See, I find that the hardest bit. I sit there sometimes and I'm, I'm like, shit, 
Yeah, it's the other it's the other stuff I'm I'm bad at. It's like the systemizing. Obviously, gotten better at it. Um, but the easiest thing for me is is coming up with new business ideas, doing the lead gen, the marketing, everything like that. That that I think you'll go far then if that's the yeah. easy bit for you. And I think you'll be happy days. Yeah, that's it. So is it kind of the the background stuff that you struggle with getting that perfect? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Just had to learn it. Like you can learn anything. I remember I was thinking of hiring like a COO and somebody to come in and this is like months and months and months and months ago. Like somebody's come in and just do it for me. But I was like putting it off for a while and I was like well why can't I just sit and learn it <laughs> stop being lazy just sit and learn yeah, it yeah. and just do it yourself and then you'll have a better understanding about it and it'll help you in the future so yeah that's just what I did we had a chat when you came the other day and you mentioned that kind of last year and this year you've had two kind of shifts in mindsets mm-hmm. so I want to go back to like last year because um, yeah. it kind of stuck with me and I think I'm going to interpret it into my business so I think it'd be quite helpful for anybody listening yeah um I'll let you take it away, but you kind of mentioned that you just streamlined your business to the not point not 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 degree. Yeah. So just talk me through kind of what you did and why you did it. So so last year, like that was our biggest growth period. And I think it's easy to get carried away when everything's going on, things are going well, money's coming in. Hundred percent. It's it's easier to get carried away and think and hire all these people. And I've seen it happen before, and then I've seen them have to scale back. So we literally kept everything to a tight ship, down to like no fluff in the business. Um, like we incentivize all of our staff financially. That's something that we've always done, and that's why I think we've done so well. Yeah. Um, like right down to every hour of overtime is paid. Like everyone gets goals that they've got to reach, and they get financial incentives. Um, because we don't have an office, it's not like I can give people, you know, fucking party days out yeah like, yeah you, know what I mean? you so, can't do days out yeah yeah so the team aren't together so it's like we've, we all work online so what's the main thing that motivates people mostly money so you know we can send them little packages and things like that but really what's going to make a difference is that and also we're saving on the office and things like that so we give everybody fa- uh, goals financially to reach so bar that because that's a, a huge part of our team culture and, and part of our business like we don't have any fat and every single member of staff has like a money monetary value associated to them. So what have they cost me and what is it what have we made? Um and yeah, like if a lot of people would hire in the position that we did last year. But my goal was simply get through the year because obviously there was there was coronavirus, there was all the issue of like the recession and I was a little bit scared, like what the hell's gonna happen to my business because I've not been through a recession with business. I don't know what's gonna happen. Mm. So I just spent an entire year just saving every single penny. Um, and got to a point where like if anything happened to my business like if it shut down tomorrow we'd be able to pay staff for a very long time um, so just having that safety blanket allowed me coming into 2023 to yeah invest heavily hire staff that are going to make our service better um, hire new people um, and, and build services out without pressure um, and just do things right from the start so like instead of launching a service and it being scrappy and not you know, learning on the go, if I'm going to launch a new service, why don't I hire the best person I possibly can, pay them a lot of money, bring them in, and they're going to run that department and, and do things properly. So that's what we've done is essentially saved up everything that we can throughout the year so that coming into this year, we've got a hell of a lot of room to like play with. And, you know, if there's had any big mistakes, it doesn't really matter because financially we're going to be okay. So mm. It was it was a, a mix really of like the, the recession and, and all this kind of stuff that happened last year that just got me scared about money. Um, 
probably overly scared. <laughs> so, you know, now it means that coming into this year, we can invest properly. We've got that safety blanket and, we, and we've got no worries, really. So was that easy or hard? Basically, put it's not putting the business on hold for a year, but it is because you've had this growth and you've seen a business doing really well. The growth's gone crazy, but you're basically saying to yourself, to your business and to your employees, like, we're not letting this snowball go further now. We're just going to pack it tight, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're putting your life on hold for a year. Is yeah. that hard? Because I'm going to be implementing this into my business because I should yeah. have done this. Yeah. And I haven't. Like, we, we got this big warehouse and then we're tight as fuck on money because we're struggling. Mm. Whereas you now put yourself in a position that doesn't matter now. So it's such a good business yeah. mindset to have. But to do it is fucking hard. So one thing I always thought, and this is the most annoying thing, was like, because I love cars, yeah. And like I'm seeing this money in the account I'm thinking, Fucking, I could easily get this like car. Um, I always think at what stage in this journey with the amount of money that they have, and the amount they're turning over, and the amount of profit they're making, would, pers- would the person splurge on a car? And like, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> like, I just keep, I keep getting this urge, and then I have to like fight it back. And like, <laughs> that was the main issue, really. And the other thing as well was like, obviously, as a business owner, your goal is to do things and then hand them off, and then that's you can then focus on other things and hand them off and hand them off and you know delegate things properly. Where I was like. I'm like, no, I'm doing all the invoices, I'm doing all the account management, I'm doing all the dealing with staff, like anything that is in the business that, you know, would be ideal to hire somebody that would just make my life a little bit easier. It's kind of the opposite of what they teach you. Yeah, literally. But the reason for it was to just build up as much cash as I possibly could. Um, And yeah, like now we're we're doing really well and I can spend a bit more money, but it it just gives us a safety blanket. So I think that's like a banging piece of advice that even though it sounds simple enough, like just get your cash up. That just sounds yeah. so simple. Yeah. But when you can see an opportunity to grow, yeah. you take it. Yeah. When you see an opportunity to spend a bit of money that you've got in the bank, you yeah. probably take it. Yeah. So I think it's like that's from all the conversations I've had, that's probably one of the best. Like I'm just going to implement it straight away. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to have a team meeting next week yeah. about it. That's it. And especially with like the recession and everything, I was just fucking scared. So is that what it was? That just, that's literally what got you into doing it, is just being yeah. scared. And also, like, I'm a big softy. Like, I love, I love my team and stuff. And I don't want to ever be in a position where I have to turn around. Like, my biggest fear is turning around to a member of staff and saying, look, we can't afford you. Like, they've given everything. They wake up every morning to come to work, even though they get money for it. Like... They don't have to do it for you. Yeah, that's like my worst nightmare is, is, is saying that. So I don't want to ever be in that position where I have to say to a member of staff, look, can't afford you anymore. Um, so that's what we do because we've got to look out, look out for them um, as well. And like I, I bear a lot of responsibility of like, you just literally hired last week the first guy who actually has kids, right? So That's you know, a different gravy. I've got that. That's yeah. different gravy, isn't it? Completely different gravy. I, I didn't even ask him to be honest in his interview. I didn't even know he had kids and then he just dropped it on. I went, Fucking hell, it's new. I've not actually got anybody that has kids. Um, That's like a different type of scared, isn't it? Because yeah. not only now you, you're not looking after them, it's the, their job to do it, but yeah. you're now responsible, not just for one person. Yeah, that's it. And like, um, you know, my dad always likes to give me advice. And that one thing I do say to him is, dad, look, that's really basic advice. You've got to think I've got to fucking look after like 10 people's family. Like, you're telling me to write down my tasks on a piece of paper and tick them off like fucking hell. I've been doing this for five years. Well, he's just a dad, dad, your dad, and he just wants yeah, to yeah. advice. Um, trying to do what's best for you. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. So, how have you found, how old are you? 24, nearly 25. And when did you get your first staff member? What age? First what? 
Yeah, so maybe maybe not say like a videographer who was your friend. When was the first staff member where you hired them? Uh, three years ago. Three. So you've been twenty-one. Yeah. How the fuck was that? Uh, I don't think I had staff members till twenty-two, twenty-three. Twenty-three. I never managed anybody. I think uh, I've probably been like really harsh. Like I think particularly because a lot of things are online um, and it's not in person. I've had to learn about communicating through digital mediums and making yourself not look like a dickhead because yeah. like people, like my staff do say to me like I always put like a smiley face every single message I'll put a smiley face on it <laughs> it's like, like yeah I'm just trying to be nice yeah it's like ingrained in my hands <laughs> just like do it at the end of every message and it's only because like I don't want anything to ever be misconstrued the wrong way I want them to know that I'm happy or sad <laughs> like with, with whatever's going on yeah so that was big was like learning how to deal with that um yeah, I remember the first person, first time somebody asked me for a wage rise, <laughs> and I was like, I haven't had that yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that was weird. Like, because you know you get in this rhythm of, you know what what you say to people, um, and you know how to deal with issues, and you know one thing is like, if you're not happy with something, ask them why something's been done in a certain way. Like, you know you you, you pick management things up along the way, and I watched a couple of videos on it, which which helps me, but. Yeah, there's sometimes curveballs get thrown at you and you don't have your stock response that you say. Um, so one of them was like, yeah, can I have a wage rise? <laughs> so that was like an interesting one. I'm like, hold that thought. <laughs> like, let me just that. go to YouTube and see what they tell me to yeah, say. Let me, just, let me just think about that one. I, I, you fucking just thrown that on me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I've only ever had to sack, I think, like two people. Um, How was that? Because I also haven't had that. That was the first one was horrendous. Like... <laughs> I remember saying like I got around things so like because obviously you say you come up with a bit of an excuse yeah you have to because you don't just want to go fuck off yeah you have to be nice about it yeah you it. have to yeah you have to be professional so I remember like I didn't want to say anything about like so basically you don't have a job here anymore I can't remember what I wanted to say like but I just remembered basically for 10 minutes saying like the business is doing this like we're going in a different direction like you know you, you things aren't it just went to me so I'm a fired and I've gone, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you put the words right in my mouth. Perfect. Yeah. So it took me so fucking long. It took me so long. And I remember I even like, uh, felt sorry for her. I can't remember. I said, I'd like, I'd, it was the weirdest thing. I remember I've said like, well, you know, whilst you find another job, I'll give you an extra bit of money. And I'm like, that why? That's not the reason. Yeah. I remember thinking like afterwards, like, why the fuck did I say that? <laughs> you know, to help him find a new job. Like, did you put it off? Like, do you know, did you have a thought, like, oh, I need to get rid of this person? Fuck me, And yeah. then just thought, I can't do it. Can't yeah, do it. it took so long for me to do it, probably like three months. <laughs> like, just, you know, just, yeah, you get new things, but it just comes over time, like managing people. Um, never had anybody, well, I've only had one person leave as such, um, and they left to set up their own business. Which but, you can't complain about. Yeah, I was like... Encourage it, yeah, crack on. Uh, play. Um, yeah, and it's good to see him doing well. But yeah, like, with the... Never really had anyone leave. Got like zero percent staff turnover. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah, but I think I think the main These cash incentives must be working well. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it is. Like that's the main. I think that's genuinely the main reason why people do it because they can't get paid the same anywhere else. Mm. So it's like, yeah, just and I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Like we don't really have we have like working hours where you have to respond to customers, but you know we don't uh, enforce them as much. If somebody says to me, "I've got to go do this," I'm like, "Crack on!" Like sometimes they even need to ask me. Mm. like just tell me if you're off somewhere so I know that if somebody messages you to contact me so you know just give people complete freedom crack on 
I think staff, looking after your staff is like, should be the first and foremost thing. Yeah. Because you've handed off the business to them, they're bringing you the income. I have the exact same with me. Like, if my guys need to go to the doctors, yeah. I, they just go, can I go to the doctors? I go, yeah. Yeah. Like, why would you not be able to go to the doctors? Yeah, yeah. And they just appreciate it so much, which is weird because it's not normal. Yeah. I think the nice thing as well, I've got one guy that works for me, and it, my first ever developer, so he's, he joined, he's been here ages. And he calls it our agency. <laughs> I'm like, oh, bottom. Um, no, no. Yeah. So. <laughs> but he, he takes like big, big pride in it. Like that's good though. Yeah. To have somebody that uses your business like as their own. Yeah. You're never gonna go wrong with that type of person because they always have the right thought process rather yeah. than selfishness. Yeah, they care about it essentially at the end of the day. Um, yeah. That's class. We'll go on to kind of what your plan now is then. So you mentioned that streamlined to fuck in 2022. Yeah. 2023 is this growth year now. Yeah, definitely. So it's how can we make our service better? How can we, and ask these questions and work backwards from that. So how can we make our client communications better? How can we increase the quality of our work? And I think one thing that agencies do, and I see it a lot, particularly in places like Scunny is they'll be making websites but they'll not try and improve it in any way like if you make making, they've got their bread and butter yeah if, and you make, if you're making a website the thing that people see is the design so if you design a shit just hire a freelancer to do a better job instantly business is better mm. and everyone's seeing this work and you get more work that way so you know just always trying trying to improve like learn new things put staff through training that can help improve them um, and yeah just uh always being lean it may be the thing that shopify it's probably not going to happen um, but it may be that shopify isn't the e-commerce platform that for everybody in uh three years time so we'll yeah. have to pivot to somewhere else it's like staying lean um staying responsive and like with our new services as well that we're doing we've got two services one of them i don't think i know any other agency in the in the world doing it like as an actual service i think you, you know when you start doing it or if you start doing it they're gonna start doing yeah, it yeah people are gonna start copying me but that came from with, with uh, being a web development agency for Shopify. We want to make as much recurring revenue as possible because now our staff bill is getting big. And this is the other reason why I was scared, actually. Probably a little bit more scared than what maybe you would have because well, I suppose your, yours comes up and down, doesn't it, with, with how many units people are shipping. That's their yeah, bill. yeah. We have like an average-ish, but yeah. it's, it's untellable. It's, yeah, it's not like guaranteed no. revenue. So it's the same with us, like... You know, one customer will be really busy one month, the other one won't. So my desire for recurring revenue led me down this path and worked backwards from, I'm a web development firm, how can I make more money? It's not hosting, because obviously it's hosted by Shopify. Um, so we're launching two new services that are uh, retainer revenue focused, but all came down from the fact that speaking to customers, what do you want? Um, the whole agency really was built off like, well, how can I be the best Shopify agency in the world? And ask, asking my customers at the time who, who were Shopify customers. Because your customers know, don't they? They know what yeah. they want. What do, what do you want from me? And it, it may be hard for like big agencies with like 30, 40 staff to be lean and nimble. Because we were small, it was like it just built my whole business off the back of like what, this, what these specific customers wanted. And then I realized that actually all the e-commerce brands want this. Um, so yeah, like work back from my end goal, recurring revenue, right? We're, an e we're a Shopify agency. How can we achieve that? And then born out of that is two new services that we're pushing this year. But that's going to be the key for us to unlock the scale because the reason why I did save up so much money last year and was so safe, safe about it is because we are very much a project 
driven business like our revenue comes from projects yeah yeah that's the bulk of it yeah it's it's, it's less so now but last year probably 80 percent project mm. <laughs> which is mental considering we managed to scale that and you know on, on a chart it's like up consistently by a similar amount each month as well um but yeah like now when you get into big numbers it's much more scary to try and scale a project-based business um you can put the price of the projects up but you know leads and recession econ brands might not want to spend all this kind of stuff so we want to be locking in that revenue so that's why we're going down the route these new new services essentially so that's probably your biggest advice for agencies then is stop focusing so much on the one-off revenue yeah start to think about ways that you can get recurring revenue yeah. probably not just agencies but every yeah. business yeah pretty much every business because <laughs> like you say with my business even though it kind of is the same trajectory yeah. It may be that one client gets shut down. There you go. You've lost a stack of money. Yeah. Um, so we brought in something that kind of goes off what you do. is like a new service where they can pay it monthly. There you go. You've got, and they have like a 12-month contract. Yeah. You've got 12-month recurring revenue. Then you're yeah. sorted for 12 months. Yeah, because I, I actually want to sell at the end of end of you know, a couple of years. I want to sell up. And so that does come on to like, what do you actually sell? If you sell my business currently, because we not so much now, but because we're so project-led, what are you buying? My reach, <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to probably work there. Yeah. Uh, I get projects in that way. And you've got a team of staff, which is obviously worth something. We've got systems and processes and certain way of doing things in our own specific look. But as a business, there's not much to sell. Whereas if you have contracts, you have retainers, you have deal flow, what's coming up, what projects are coming up, you've got something that you can sell then. And if we're unique about it, so for example, this new service I'm doing is unique and we're one of the only people doing it, that's something that another agency can easily acquire. Um, Does that scare you? Competition is always going to be there. Yeah. But the fact of people stealing ideas that you've worked so hard to create and then become the first two and then somebody else can literally take it easy as that. No, you've got to be better than them. <laughs> but How do you make sure you do that? Because it may be that someone has more money. Uh, and they can implement it better. Yeah, but it happens in every industry, does it? It's true, yeah. So I, I was trying to like prize out <laughs> you. Yeah. Because um, I always, with my competition, I just say, if I just stay in my own lane, yeah. don't worry about everybody else. Yeah. Well, stay true to myself. Can't it's like think. imposter syndrome, isn't it? Mm. Essentially. Um, yeah. So you just mentioned then that your end goal is to sell. Yeah. Was that a thing before Jim sold? I don't think it wasn't something I even thought of, <laughs> like ever. Um, but then you, as you learn, like because I always say that I'd never sell my business. Yeah. But then I saw Jim sell Hairburst. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, that's the potential of like growing a business, and then you move on to something else. Yeah. And that kind of opened my eyes to the potential. Has that kind of done a similar thing to you? It wasn't for a while, and then an agency of a similar size in Leeds sold. That does a very similar thing to me, and I've gone, fucking hell. So. They've, they've sold and then you know when you move in with certain people and in certain networks that is their goal is to sell so it wasn't the goal originally it was just you know how can I make as much money as possible but then you realise that that asset is worth something and then when you get into investing and understanding like how much money you can make off certain amounts of money and making your money work for you that actually financial freedom comes from having a large amount of money making that money work for you and then you know, you can repeating, make interest on repeating it. Repeating the process. Yeah. So if, if there is a, a part, you know, in, in three years' time that I can sell off, that gives 
me a big chunk of money that's security for the future I've taken money off the table and I can potentially become financially free because obviously earn interest off that money and have a lot less pressure and now I'm looking at like other businesses I'm still to invest in invest in but also like just other ways of making money just because you know I want to go into like running a sick econ brand or building a brand of, of some sort um, you mentioned you wanted to have a car wrapping. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to have like a phys- <laughs> physical store. Yeah. Like my, I actually was thinking about this literally today in the car. Like one of my, I want to literally go into like a business, like a local business. Let's say they sell blinds, yeah. Just a bloke and a couple of his mates that sell blinds. Like my, I'd find it so sick to just go in and be like, take equity and build it properly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Have online systems. Have Do you stuff. have the same thought process? I mentioned this to Brandon. Do you have the same thought process when you drive around, say, Scunny, or not even Scunny, but other places? You drive yeah. around and you look at a business and you go, I could make you so much better. Yeah. The, the one thing that really used to do my head in, and my, ex, my ex-girlfriend as well, like, I used to always talk about it when I was walking down the road. If you go past and you have a dirty sign, I get fuming. So I'm like... <laughs> It's your fucking business, yeah, man. Yeah, it's not hard. Yeah, it's not hard to clean your sign. Like, you take this seriously. <laughs> this is your livelihood, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, just little shit like that. Like, little shit hairdresser. Like, mate, why is the shit on the floor? Clean yeah, yeah, just leaving hair on there all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, your chairs are horrendous. Get new chairs. Make this business better. Like, always trying to improve it. So that's why I'd lo- love to, like, go into just a little small business that turns over some all right money. It's a proven concept. Come in and be like, right, set up online systems. Set up you know, lead channels, where to get your business from, systemize it properly, you know, and create a sick online presence. Do all these little things because I have a love for business. It's not just like, it could be blinds, I don't care. Like You just love taking a business from one stage and getting it to another place that's yeah. better. Like plumbers, mate. When building a little plumbing firm, that'd be sick. That's the thing with your skill set, it doesn't really matter what sector. Yeah. Because your skill set is applicable to every sector yeah well, it's just digitizing yeah yeah it's making a physical store online yeah that's it which, yeah. which in this day and age is yeah. what everybody I've, used to do because I've done it with my own business like the online lead gen like building sales systems systemizing stuff it's the same skills it's just very transferable and there's a lot of industries like particularly plumbing electrician building all old that kind school. of stuff yeah the proper old school they're run by old boys you know how to do that kind of stuff they're not digital inclined so there's so much opportunity in boring money and boring things so I just find it so cool probably not going to do it <laughs> don't have enough time but just go in and just revamp something like pimp my ride for your business do you know what I mean just fucking sort it out you literally could you yes. could have like pimp my business yeah literally <laughs> Jordan comes in for six months and just yeah. gets everything sorted yeah because that's what I was doing like five years ago imagine the difference now like I've actually now you've got your knowledge yeah and your business mindset which you didn't have before yeah because just, just by having a website I was like doing pimp my ride for your business like setting up leads, uh, setting up Google ads, bringing in leads. And there's people to this day, like two people to this day that still run ads, um, still make money from the same ad account that I set up <laughs> three, four years ago. And they just go on and turn it on. Yeah, yeah. And then they get really busy and then they turn it off. And then they turn it back on again. Same ads that I set up four years ago to the same landing page, the same website, and it still works. <laughs> That's mental. I mean, little shit like that. Imagine if I actually gave you the bollocks, I'll say I could make it. So, it's, it's a good thought. So yeah. is that like your end goal then is sell up, get your chunk, start investing or start doing... Because yeah. that's kind of passion project that brings you money as well. Yeah. Because it's a short-term thing. You're not going to sit in a hairdresser's or a plumber's for the next five years. Yeah. But it's kind of a passion project. Just completing side quests, yeah. It literally is. It's <laughs> yeah. like you've, you've beat the big boss, but you don't yeah. want to switch on to 
Jordan Hill point two. So you're yeah. going to stay on Jordan Hill point one and just do side quest. Yeah. Do you not think um, this might be a difficult question to answer? But your scaredness of like staff being reliable on you once you sell up. Uh, I had this conversation. <laughs> Actually, I had this conversation with one member of staff. Like, if we did sell, because like this new this new part of the business, like the guy that came in. I've made it very clear that my goal is to build this service. I think we're going to set it up as a separate separate business. Our goal is to build yeah. this to sell it. So that's going to give you a lot of opportunity. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of financial incentive for you, like if we do sell it, mm. that you'll obviously get paid out. But I think there's always like earn out periods on um, sales and stuff. Like somebody could come in, want to buy it, and then just kick me out instantly. But, you know, it's, things aren't probably going to change. It's just when framing it to your staff, I, I don't fucking know because I've not sold this. But, but your staff love you. Yeah. Now my I'm the same here. Like my staff like me, and I've been offered to sell my business. Yeah. And I just feel like I could never hand off responsibility that they've entrusted in me. Yeah. And that's kind of like a mental block. I'm in the future. I'm gonna have to get over. Yeah. I probably. I won't mind selling it. <laughs> I think. Yeah. It, I'd I'd love to know the the fact of like the staff turnover once a business has been sold. Obviously, there is I like think it's going to be high. Yeah, there is like a period of like you know you got your founder, but it depends how how involved that founder is in the business. Like, yeah, but you are involved. Yeah, well, you've brought in all these incentives, and this new business owner who's bought your business may not do yeah. that. Well, well, to to be attractive to sell, I think you probably want to be completely removed anyway. So, oh yeah, hundred percent yeah, because otherwise the brand is you. Yeah, that's it. And your brand's worthless without you. Yeah, so that's so you probably no point buying me now. Like it'd be a bad decision. It wouldn't sell anyway. But you want you don't buy something that is like completely unplugged. So, you know, there's papers that is yeah. run it up. But yeah, <laughs> it's a sick idea for the future, though. Yeah. Um, if we talk about kind of after after that works, yeah. What's the long term future? Is it not work at all? Because they say in business that you you never stop. Yeah. You talk about financial freedom. Yeah. That's everyone's goal, but sometimes your mindset goes, I just want to get into business. I want to get into business. I want to get into business. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely get bored, I think. Jim looks like he's kind of living that lifestyle now. Yeah. He he's, still works, like. Yeah, but he's kind of remotely now. So yeah. he's no longer having to stay in Hairburst's office. Yeah. Is that kind of your end goal of just go wherever the fuck you want, whenever you yeah. want? Well, I can do that pretty much now. But you do, you yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. Literally, you've just got back. Can you tell me? Well, I've got to record Thursday because I'm off to France tomorrow. Yeah, you're kind of living the life now. Yeah, literally. Like, but I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I think. Do you leave it to it to just whatever happens happens? Yeah, I think whatever happens happens. But also, you well, you don't have a kid, do you? Nope, nope. <laughs> um, but I think probably your mind changes. I'm not the most qualified person to answer, but maybe like. It could be that I don't want to work because I want to spend time with my kids. Fuck knows. <laughs> I don't really think too far in advance. I just think, like, what am I doing this week? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just travelling about and just enjoying myself. I think I've probably become more fun inclined, like, just go around doing more skiing. Like, I'm picking up certain things now, like motorbiking, skiing, Golf. all that kind of stuff. Golf, yeah. I'll just spend time doing all that. But you'd end up getting bored. You've got one purpose, essentially, at the end of the day. So I think I'd probably... Well, yeah, I think I probably want to do some kind of like charity project of some sort. Um, would you go back to the mental health stuff? Because I feel like now that would be such a good business to have. It's just fucking depressing though. It, it's yeah. like, it is it is depressing thinking, talking about mental health all day. And I, I remember that being... Yeah, but you wouldn't have to do it. Yeah, 
Okay. You just have to sell the concept. Yeah. Well, I, rem- I remember doing the, remember working on it and having these conversations about, about it and like just doing all this shit and constantly learning about all these like kids that like, I mean, having issues and this kind of stuff. And so you're not a therapist, so. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? I find talking about e-commerce and increasing people's conversion rates a lot more fun. After that conversation, I'm not deflated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. It was just constantly heavy, like the whole time. It I is heavy, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's just constantly heavy, and I just got so like involved in it and like felt felt so serious like all the time. Whereas like now, it's just have a bit of fun. More fun. Yeah, and build sick websites. Um, but yeah, I probably do a lot more like char- charity stuff further down the line, where you can just see the impact that people have, and also like. Fucking go volunteer in a dog shelter or I'll do something like that. You don't know until you... Some random shit. Yeah, you don't know <laughs> until you know. Would you say you're happy at the minute? 100%. 100% happiness? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like... Because that's mental. Yeah. 100% happiness is mental. Yeah. Like, I have been for like the past year. Everybody, everybody has a down day. It's like, today, this week's been really stressful. But I have the ability to say to myself, right, what's going to make me... Because today, today I was stressed. I wasn't happy when I was sat there. But as a person, I am really happy. And then I was sat there and I was thinking, got to do this podcast later. Right, what's the best thing for me right now? Go sit in the sauna. So I did feel better instantly. Haven't, and, you know, just it's just having the... Before you let yourself and your mindset get into a really bad place, it's just catch things before they start developing in your mind. Like if you're... Because you come from this, like happiness state when I start feeling bad I'm like why the fuck do I feel this way yeah what can I do right now that's going to make me feel better and um, you've now learned your triggers like a sauna yeah which can get you back in the good place that's it yeah and just don't really drink I know I notice that if, if I drink I have like three bad days 100% yeah. I hardly ever drink but they they say like it's a stimulant while you're drinking but then the depressing afterwards is way 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 worse yeah 100% um, but weirdly people use it as a yeah and then just enjoying like enjoying time with your friends and um yeah just giving your time self time off work and things like that yeah because your work-life balance is pretty good you reckon yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. i only see obviously from the outside and obviously yeah. it's the instagram life yeah but you've seen quite a few places already this year yeah well i, I think I, I still do work whilst i'm away um, yeah that's the thing you can that's, yeah. that's quite good so i only do the things that are like important like my business actually when i was in bali grew more than when it was when i wasn't I don't know if it was because it was Q4 or what, but like having a, being extracted from the environment of like working in, in my office every day and like doing menial tasks, it was almost like being there, I was extracted out. And when I sat down and worked, I'm thinking, I don't want to be sat here working for the next fucking eight hours, which is the given time where all staff are online. I'm thinking what's the most important things I need to do today so that I can go out. So I ended up not doing any random shit. I remember delegating all that out and, and doing that properly. So putting me in a really nice environment where I wanted to spend the least amount of time working actually had a really big benefit on me because I'm coming in, right, what are the most important things I need to do right now? I only did them. <laughs> and then everybody else can do Because them. at that point, then you can make use of the environment you're in. Yeah, that's it. Coming up with better ideas and, and things like that. That's um, a good piece of advice. Yeah. Well, obviously, when people can do that. Yeah, 100%. That's but, sick. Yeah. That's class. Right, to end the podcast, do you know how we end the podcast? No. So I've got this box here. Oh, fucking hell, there we go. <laughs> but in here... I thought you going to ask me to do some like, cartwheels or something. <laughs> no, I never asked you to This do is it. how we end the podcast. This is a lot to, easier. You've got to drop your trousers, right? <laughs> Fine. Right. <laughs> so in here, there's like the most randomest of questions. Some of them are like deep. Right, okay, fucking hell. So yeah. it may go on to like another 10 minutes. Yeah. Some are just fucking stupid. Yeah. Like there's... I can't remember what. 
my when Christine Christina wanted to pull one out for me, I won't. I'm not gonna let you do that because I don't like answering them. Yeah. But Christina to me was like, "What's the biggest animal you could beat in a boxing fight?" <laughs> right. So I, I don't know if you're gonna get a funny one or you're gonna get a deep one. This chat could go on for another ten minutes. I hope it's a funny one. Right. I hope it's a funny one because there is some funny ones in there. I mean, it's long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you were given fifteen thousand to give the most amount. To, to give the most amount of happiness to the most amount of people, what would you do? So that's the pish. Right, so... You sound like you know what you're going to say. Yeah. Uh, probably. I actually don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> what the fuck would I do? To give the most amount of happiness. So obviously you, you could give like a thousand pound to 15 people in Africa that haven't yeah. haven't seen even a hundred pound. Yeah. You could give 15,000 people one pound. Or I could just go on holiday with a 15 grand. Or you, yeah. <laughs> to make one person happy, you could have the best holiday. Ever. I could have me happy. Um, but how would you get the most happiness to the most amount of people? Probably give a holiday to people who aren't traveled, but like people who, because I did this, so I went to Philippines. So I've, I was about to bring this up. Yeah, so I had two guys in the Philippines who work for me and one of them has never been on a plane before right so do you know when you fly and your ears pop yeah so obviously you just go yawn and your ears pop he goes he lands and he goes oh it's not really what I thought it would be flying I'm like what he goes couldn't hear a fucking thing the whole time I've gone what do you mean he's gone yeah my ears are just fucking I just couldn't hear a fucking thing anybody was saying I've gone you just need to suck a sweet or something or yawn and it goes away like your ears but you, you didn't have a clue didn't have a clue yeah um, he's going to kill me for saying that but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and then that was just really good like seeing their experience and like having the most amount of happiness like if you got you know so what did you do for them so we went to Cebu so flew them both to Cebu got one guy who lives in Cebu now works for us but it's a bit easier this year but yeah we flew to Cebu um you met in the hotel, my, one of my best mates with me as well, he came with us. Uh, went whale shark watching, did canyoneering, spent a day on the beach, like just chilling, did jet skiing, uh, paragliding, went for nice food. Um, yeah, just had like a sick time together, gave him the days off work um, and sent him back fucking home. <laughs> but, that is so sick though. Like, no, that's probably a holiday they'll never forget or ever get again. Yeah. Well, they're doing it again this year. Well, yeah, apart from you. But I mean, like, yeah. they never would have had it. Yeah, 100%. Like, one's never been on a plane before. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, I probably wouldn't take loads of bread and give it to people starving on Africa because that's not going to give them happiness. That's just going to keep them going. For yeah, day. for a little bit longer, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd probably just do a Jordan it's Hill. It's experience, isn't it? Yeah, probably do a Jordan Hill special. We'll fucking, like, do a prize draw. Everybody in the Philippines puts a hand in this hat. If we pull it out, we all go to fucking. I'm coming now. But yeah, <laughs> we all go. Fourteen and, grand to me. Yeah, we all we all go and uh, have a fucking whale of a time. How did that make you feel, in terms of like seeing their face when they start to experience this shit they've never experienced? Uh, pretty sick. I remember shitting myself in the hotel because I've never met these guys yet. The only way I can describe it is, it's like meeting people for a film, <laughs> like fictional characters on the film. Right. Yeah, because you've had this long conversation with somebody you've never met. Yeah, I know these people in and out, I know everything about their life, I've just never seen them in real life. So it was like <laughs> literally meeting somebody off a film. Um, another funny as fuck story. People probably won't made it to the end of this, where the good bits are. Uh, so John... I, 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 I can clip it, I can clip it. <laughs> so John, basically, 
the guy who's never been on a plane before. Um, I'm saying to him before we go, look, are you happy with this plan? He goes, go with the flow. I'm like, this is a little bit sus. Surely you're buzzing, can't wait. Yeah, because I'm fucking buzzing. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the activities are swimming with whale sharks and canyoneering, mate. Like, <laughs> it looks sick. Um, anyway, get there. Get out on the boat for the whale shark watching. <laughs> John jumps in and just sinks. I've gone, <laughs> fucking hell, you're all right. And he goes, I can't swim. I'm like, you could have fucking, fucking told me. Um, so he fucking gets back in the boat and he's just watching it, right? So we finished that activity. So I'm, I'm panicking because I'm in like dad mode at this point. <laughs> you literally are. I've never had dad mode activate in my life, but this was like dad mode because I was like, come out of me being this like idiot. <laughs> so now I've got these fucking two people I'm actually responsible for. <laughs> I've brought them away from home. Stuck and actually... them in whale shark and he can't even swim. Yeah, I've brought these guys, bless them, and fucking stuck them in a tank. <laughs> the fucking water, bit of water with a load of shark. Um, yeah, so anyway, we've jumped out. We've done that. And we've gone to the next activity, canyoneering, right? First thing. Fucking big zip line. And at this point, I'm shitting myself, so I don't know what he's fucking feeling like. <laughs> Done this zip line, walked down to this canyon. And canyoneering is this four-hour trek, right? So you start at the top of this mountain, and it's basically this river that runs all the way down, and it's just constant jumps from high ledges into water. Then the rapids takes you to the next location. You stop, you jump off another fucking 10-foot drop. And anyway, I'm thinking, fucking I've got to this first canyoneering place, first jump. I go to the instructor, hard speaks any English. Uh, by the way, John, John can't swim. Yeah, John can't swim. So I'm like, is there no way we can like go down? Next thing, fucking instructor jumped in. Is going, come on. Because I'm saying to John, right, when you get in, just fucking get in and just do this with your arms, like, so you can get to the get to the top of the water. So I'm like clinging on. I mean, this fucking rapids, like, instructor's not helping me. He's fucked off. Like, he's at the next jump. So then John comes in. He comes off. I've got him. Uh, and then I'm like helping him swim and that, but. Because he just, like, has never really been in water. Like, he's dipping below, but he's not got his breath sink, so he's not like... <gasps> yeah, yeah, he's just breathing out. He's just mouth open, like, <laughs> <laughs> like going under. Um, so anyway, get him to the next one. But by the end of it, he was fine. He was, like, swinging off these fucking... These ropes, like, jumping in and then making his way to the, the next thing. So, yeah, it was just, like, trial by fire. And then I, I felt... I was like, I've given him the worst day of his life. <laughs> You thought it was going to be the best two yeah. days that these people have ever experienced in their yeah. life. I've had the best day of my life. Ken's had the best day of his life. John's had the worst John. day of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking hated it at the end of time. Um, yeah, and then the next day we did like parasailing. Another fucking... Water activity. Yeah. Cheers, John. <laughs> yeah. Come, I, I was crapping myself for this. Gone out on a boat. Fucking basically get you strapped in and just let this massive cord go. And you're like 200 feet in the sky on a parachute. <laughs> That's why John said, I'll just go with the flow then. Yeah, yeah. He's fought this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to say, nah, actually, can't do it. You know, he's, he's just gone John, your plan is shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, that's class um, though. Yeah, but good fun. So yeah, probably just do a little bit of that with a few people. Have a good time. No, so, same sick. again this year. My plan is maybe this year to get everyone to Thailand. But obviously everyone's got our passports and, and stuff like that. So... Um, I chatted to Jim's PA because she organises like the the holidays for her burst and that. I was like, "Fucking sort them out." Yeah, I've got I've got to turn my HR like <laughs> head on. Whereas really in my head, it's like just fucking go on holiday with all the boys. Yeah, yeah. Get pissed. I'm paying. Whereas actually, no, it's like there's a lot of logistics to it. Yeah, there's a lot of logistics, and we've got a professional company to run it. So <laughs> like, no, tone it down, tone it down a bit. Maybe not go to Patong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, no water activities for John either. Yeah, that's it. Got to be inclusive. But <laughs> no, that's class. You're just gonna do like yearly. Uh, yeah, same same again under this year. Until you sell and someone else don't do it because they're not as nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. 
No, that's sick though. I appreciate the chat, mate. No worries. Learned quite a lot, so I'm open other people have. Yeah. I'm going to do my team meeting next week, and we're going to do streamlining. Yeah. Sacking five people. Yeah, 100% <laughs> streamline out, fuck everyone. <laughs> no, that's sick. Cheers, mate. Yeah, that's all right. Appreciate it. If you made it to the end, well done. <laughs> <laughs>